0: Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you, your family and work can thrive. My name is Marina Pearson, and I'm your host, transformational coach and mom, who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. And today I've got some amazing news. You can now order your very own version of The Joy of Being book, Supporting Hardworking Mums to Stress Less and Live More. If you're the type of mum who is struggling with the burdens of motherhood or modern day life, then this will be a perfect book for you. If you're curious, you want to know more and you want to see what's up with that book, you can do so at www.MarinaPearson.com book. So on today's show, I'm interviewing the beautiful Cassie Everett. I met Cassie about eight years ago now and immediately fell in love with her. We had a conversation and I immediately knew then that I wanted to work with her personally. You see, at the time I was attempting to get pregnant but I couldn't. So with that, we decided to work together. We worked homeopathy, we worked poaching and it was a beautiful combination. And two months later, I got pregnant. So if you're a mama to be, you want to get pregnant and you've been attempting to do it all which ways and it's not been working for you, or you did it the first time round and it wasn't natural, but you're looking to see if that's even possible, or you've done everything under the sun and it's just not been working, then this is going to be an amazing episode for you. Enjoy. So welcome everyone. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Cassie Everett. I met Cassie at a Athena group I was in all those years ago in London. I think it was about eight years ago now. And uh, we instantly connected. And at the time I was starting to look in this direction of what you may have now heard about the inside out understanding. And Cassie and I had a beautiful conversation about her breakup at the time. And then before I knew it, she was off sharing or doing training and sharing this understanding in the area of fertility. So I'm really excited to be talking about such a hot topic and one which really requires listening to our bodies and I guess the wisdom that's inside. So welcome, Cassie. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. So Cassie, I'd love you to introduce yourself? What have you been up to? Uh, What are you doing these days? And um, yeah, what got you interested in in homeopathy and and what you do today? Okay, so basically,
1: I'm a homeopath. And I've been a homeopath now for 13 years. And I first got into Homeopathy because I had really bad acne actually in my early 20s. And I tried absolutely everything there was, you know, from the doctor and nothing helped. And I spoke to my doctor at the time and I sort of said, you know, what could I try? And so the next port of call was Roaccutane, which is a really strong medication. And I really didn't feel that was the right thing for me. And um, she sort of, well, I then said, oh, you know, could I try something natural like, I don't know, homeopathy. And she said, yeah, I can refer you on the NHS to the Homeopathic Hospital in London. So I had to wait a year for the appointment to come through. But the experience was just so mind-blowing and completely different to going to see a regular medical doctor because they were also asking me questions about me, who I was as a person, what made me tick, as well as my skin, which was absolutely fascinating to me. Um, And, you know, the appointment was much longer and it just really intrigued me. And so kind of the rest is history, as they say. And in the beginning, when I first started working as a homeopath, I was getting quite a lot of um, young women coming to see me with hormonal issues, like period-related stuff. And and I could just see how homeopathy was working so beautifully at balancing hormones and resolving period-related issues. And I could sort of see as well that, you know, infertility was such a big problem and how the whole thing overlapped. And so that's how I sort of ended up specializing in this area. And then probably about Maybe five years ago, I did some three principles training, um, with Ian Watson and, cause he, he was a homeopath many, many years ago. Yeah kind of sort of left the homeopathic world completely now and is working in this area. And so it really helped add another dimension to my homeopathic practice, you know, with really helping people to see things differently, really. Uh, so yeah, that's basically
0: how I'm here doing this today. So I'm curious, actually, I'm curious about what got you intrigued about about the three principles. And for those of you that actually haven't listened to any of the podcast episodes, I would invite you to do so because I do talk about... It. There are quite a few episodes where we talk about three principles, but basically, as a sum up, they are the principles that govern life and how we experience it. So, mind, consciousness, and thought. And uh, I'm really curious as to what you saw and how it was really starting to be beneficial in your practice and what, what you've seen with your clients and how much more effective maybe your practice is with your clients now.
1: Okay. Well, let's take it back then to
0: how, because uh, I think actually you were one of the first people that. Yes, introduced me to the I idea. i was yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 we had that session do you not remember about your ex
1: yes exactly and <laughs> you recommend we had this brilliant conversation yeah. that really helped me to see it from a completely different perspective and you also recommended some really inspiring books. um one of them being the enlightened gardener by um sid banks who's the, the guy who basically you know had this insight in the first place so if you can watch any youtube videos or read any of his books i really recommend it as a great starting point um so but what was really interesting is at the same time or a similar time that i had that conversation with you i also um i was working part-time at that time in a homeopathic pharmacy and there was another homeopath there called liliana
0: Um, Oh wow, I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so Liliana was
1: actually um, studying the three principles at that time. And so I'd had a few conversations with her, and I could just see that Liliana was completely different. She was looking at her life completely differently. She was happy all the time, whereas before she wasn't. (laughs) I mean, obviously, there's more to, to say than that, but suddenly she was just seeing things so differently, and she was. Like a completely different person, and that really inspired me. And yeah, I could just see that Liliana was so different and was so happy and was seeing things so differently, and her life was just coming together, and homeopathy practice, and everything. And so, and then in addition to that I also got this random email from Ian Watson about a talk he was doing in Covent Garden on the three principles and so I went along and then decided to study with him I was like this is amazing and I'd done some homeopathy courses with him years ago so that kind of right. you know, opened the idea with him and and yeah so that, yeah the rest is history really so that's how I came to this understanding and then I guess in terms of the work with fertility I mean fertility is such an emotive difficult topic for so many people because I think it's often kept a secret you know um, people generally don't even tell their closest friends and family um, they're generally looking for information online and they quite often end up isolating themselves from others and so it's a very emotive difficult topic and so using this understanding has been really helpful um, just to help them see it differently because I think when you aren't talking to anyone else about it and you're just locked in your own head with your own negative thinking um, then that can obviously create a difficult place for people.
0: So, if anybody's listening to this and they are trying to get pregnant and they haven't been and so forth and so on, I'm curious about how what you've seen with regards to how the mind works, how that can really help them. It can be so, so helpful. Like, for example, you know, something
1: people kind of become into such a desperate mindset around wanting to have a baby. And I think part of that is a biological drive. You know, it's inside a woman to sort of. And it's almost like beyond the mind, this drive. Um, but obviously, the thinking comes in then. And I think that people often feel like, when I have a baby, I will be happy. You know, that will bring me
0: happiness. And something that I have helped people. Do, <laughs> I'm giggling because I think that was me at some point, and then the actual situation was completely different.
1: <laughs> well. Isn't that so interesting? Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, nothing can actually, outside of us, make us happy. You know, only we determine our level of happiness. And I think being able to kind of show that to people helps them see it differently. Um, So that's certainly one aspect of, you know, how I've helped people um, who are struggling with infertility. But also, you know, yeah, with the obsessive thinking, you know, and kind of letting go and allowing and trusting in the process of life, you know, and, and, and seeing that potentially there are other options, you know, in terms of achieving
0: their goal. So I'm curious about that, actually. I'm curious about um, how, what have you seen? Like, I, I know that when I relaxed, I mean, I became really pregnant quite quickly. And I've been trying for about two years and had a miscarriage and so forth and so on. Um, as an aside, I actually worked with Cassie. She gave me a whole bunch of um, homeopathy to take. But what have you seen with regards to the mind-body connection that's really like you've gone, oh my God, wow, that's amazing.
1: Well, I mean, certainly it's about letting go. I mean, that is a huge, huge part of it. I think the more we strive, you know, it's this whole idea of trying. When we try to do something, it's kind of in the masculine. It's kind of like doing, you know, trying to make something happen. It's, you know, if you imagine the masculine is about pushing forward and taking action and, and the feminine is about sitting back, relaxing and receiving. And and yet all these women kind of step into this masculine part of themselves and start doing all these things that they think are going to help them get pregnant and they become obsessed about it. And it's almost like, you know, as they say about wanting a boyfriend, the more you Try. It's like the the less they come along, and then when you're not looking, you know all the buses come along at once. It's that sort of same kind of idea of, of, of like i was saying, letting go. And I I really think if you can get someone to a peaceful place where they're just not trying, where they're sitting back and relaxing, letting go, and allowing it to come. And you know, that can sound like the hardest thing in the world when it's something you want more than anything. But when we look back on our lives, it's always, that's always what's happened when you've just before you've got something you've really, really wanted. Um, but you can't see that until you're reflecting back on it. Does that make sense? I don't, does that answer your question?
0: yeah and i and I'm assuming that um when we when we get stressed and overwhelmed by something that we really want and it's not working out, how does that actually affect the body in terms of facil- fertility does it does it make it like, yeah, I'm curious about what actually happens when we go into that tailspin and desperation and and so forth? would well, you know it's absolutely fascinating to me, and when this really clicked into place, I really got
1: it so Our body has a priority list and stress, managing stress is its number one priority. And unfortunately, reproduction is right at the bottom of that priority list, which means that when we are busy doing stress, all our energy is is focused on that and diverted away from everything else. So what i see happening on a very physiological hormonal level is that when we are needing stress hormones and you know even just having low level regular daily stress of a commute or you know a busy job or a difficult relationship or a sick parent you know anything that's really kind of putting pressure on us, even at a low level, means that we've got to produce these um, stress hormones, namely cortisol. And so what happens is that when our body is constantly needing this resource of cortisol, eventually we run down on our levels and then the body goes, right, we need more. What am I going to do? So the body grabs these luxury hormones, if you like, and one of them being progesterone. Now, Progesterone is such an important hormone for pregnancy because as the name spells out, it is the progestation hormone. It sustains and holds a pregnancy. And unfortunately, the body will grab loads of progesterone and convert it into cortisol to manage your regular stressful situation. And that can just be the stress of wanting to get pregnant because it hasn't happened for two years, you know. So. It becomes really important and unfortunately as well, as we age, a lot of these hormones just naturally decline anyway. So we have to work harder, you know, at managing them. You know, when we're 20, you know, we can run out of the door on a sleepless night and no breakfast and just carry on and feel absolutely fine. But as we get older, you know, we have to look after ourselves more. And I think that's, um, you know, where it really comes in.
0: Yeah, I was... um... When I was listening to you, what came to mind was uh, I'm reading a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And one of the things it says in that book, which is really fascinating, was that if you put um, pressure and stress onto uh, rats for just half an hour, just half an hour a day, they get ulcers. We're not talking about 24 hours, which is what most of us um, and you know, live under in or on um which is quite amazing because our body i guess isn't designed um to hold that much stress all the time it does a really good job when it needs to in terms of like um the stress response in that moment um if you're in an accident or whatever it might be like a particular traumatic experience you know event but in terms of the day to day um, stress that, that kind of we feel on a day-to-day basis it's not our body isn't designed for it absolutely
1: it's so important and you know you've just reminded me actually of another really significant thing that I see women struggling with and that is them being able to prioritize themselves as important Mm. and the phrase I use is being able to mother themselves it's almost as if before you can become a mother you have to learn how to mother yourself and that means you know putting yourself and your own needs first above everybody else's and really you know looking after yourself you know the self-care is so important you know and so many women don't see it and I think it's also to do with the other hormones estrogen because estrogen um, is helps us with nurturing so I think that's why you know women have a lot of estrogen in their fertile years because they are the nurturers but we instinctively then go around nurturing everybody else and then forget about ourselves and And I'm sure that this is one of the reasons why a lot of women struggle with fertility because we live in much busier, more stressful, have stressful lives, um, have way more demands on us than we would than our parents and our grandparents and we're really seeing that you know and that in combination with more toxicity just in our environment and in our food and less nutrients in our food you know we just all have to work harder at looking after ourselves and relaxing more and taking time out to do nothing and not feeling guilty about that and you know just really looking after ourselves so you know I think if if there's one message can people can take away is to put yourself at the top of your list. And I say to women, if somebody asks something of you, if it's hard to say, no, just say, I'm going to think about that and get back to you. And then you can really kind of meditate on it and think, do I really want to do this? Is this in my best interest? You know, or am I just doing this because out of guilt or out of, Responsibility, or or whatever, you know, and and if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, <laughs> um, and and I think that's you know a motto for life, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I it's interesting, isn't it? So, um, it only really sort of started dawning on me when I got pregnant that it might have been useful to have got pregnant ready. In other words. To actually start that that experience of self care and and looking after self um, way before I even got pregnant, um, because what I noticed was that I was just absolutely exhausted. Of course, when you're when you're when you're creating a baby, all your body energy goes right right to creating it. Right, so I just I actually remember spending two to three weeks just lying in bed and sleeping, and I slept, and I slept, and I slept. I mean, obviously, I had—I I also had morning sickness, but I remember distinctly thinking, wow, if only I had known to look after myself slightly better, I might not be feeling so depleted. Um, but I guess you learn in hindsight. Um, yeah well
1: what's really interesting about that it's a very good point because if if we were brought up in the east you know in japan or china and we decided that we wanted to have a baby there's no way we would just start trying that's not it wouldn't be in our mindset to do that what they do which i think is so clever They go, right, we want to have a baby. Um, So we're going to spend the next year preparing our body for that. We're going to start doing Tai Chi every morning. We're going to start eating better. We're going to not drink any alcohol. We're going to start going to bed earlier. We're just going to look after ourselves so that our body is ready to build that baby. And I just think, to me, it's the most logical thing in the world. And yet... We don't think like that in the Western world, unfortunately. And then women then end up paying the price after pregnancy because, you know, like you say, you know, um, it drains your resources. You know, your body has prioritized building a baby. And then that combined with all the sleepless nights and the whole kind of new, you know, massive change in your life to get used to, it's no wonder it takes a toll on the body. You know, and I'm i meeting a lot of new mothers who are losing great big chunks of hair and experiencing, you know postnatal depression and i'm sure that it's to do with a lack of nutrients i mean it it's multifaceted but i'm sure that if they had ploughed their body with nutrients and really prepared their body they would suffer much less postnatally and so you know in a way when people come to see me even though you know it is i am recommending some lifestyle changes and some adjustments you know ultimately Because it's like I always say to people, you know, you wouldn't just run a marathon. You know, Mm. if you did, you'd you'd be really hurting and you might actually really do yourself some damage because you need to get your muscles ready and geared up and you slowly, slowly build it up, you know, five miles, 10 miles, 15 miles, and and then you, you know, expand your level of fitness. And the same is, is really in terms of our fertility, I think, you know, if you can build your level of health and bring your body into balance, everything's just going to be easier. You know, easier pregnancy, easier birth, easier postnatally. Um, So I just see it as like a win-win situation, really.
0: Yeah. um, Having been through postnatal depression, um, well, I I don't want to pathologize it, but basically it looked to me like being a mum was really hardcore and I had all the pretty much what they term as the symptoms of it, um, feeling lonely, um, feeling exhausted, dreading, um, feeling like a failure. But what I noticed was that, um, you know, it's like with anything, I think. Like while we experience um, our life from the inside out, so everything creates, everything that we experience is, is down to the way we think. Um, the the thing that I've seen time and time again when I go into the unknown, especially with 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 such a huge life changing situation as becoming a mum, I'm all of this unconscious thinking is thrown up. It's a bit like things that I did not know, like thinking that I did not know that existed, sort of shows up, like. And and it was just very fascinating for me to experience that and actually realize, oh, it's not my role as a mother that's creating this experience for me. It's, it's all this overthinking I have about sleep or lack of sleep, all this overthinking I have about um, not being able to cope, all of this overthinking about um that this is hard and that it's difficult all this overthinking i have about that i've got to carry on as normal um which which actually quite frankly didn't do me any favours because what i noticed was is especially with the lack of sleep was the amount of overthinking i had about that and and dreading the nights because i felt that i wasn't going to be able to sleep again and it became it became this obsession of 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 I need to sleep and I can't sleep and I wish it was different, um, rather than actually going. Okay, I'm knackered. I'm just going to go sleep, sleep then during the day. Um, but yeah, it's so easy for, especially as us, us Taipei women, to kind of um, push on through and. And you know, interestingly enough, what what kind of occurs to me was um, when I when I had Leona, had him in Bali. One of the things that they do there is um, forty days that the child's child's feet don't touch the ground. So, in other words, um, though the kids are looked after by by others, maybe the mum, for example, but they have they have um, they make sure that the mum's looked after, so mum rests, mum sleeps, mum gets given everything that she needs in that moment because they understand that it's a big transition that she's going through whereas I guess here in the, in the West it doesn't happen that way. Oh yes,
1: absolutely you know I don't think you should be allowed to go around to somebody's house with you know with, when there's a new baby and not bring a meal you know, was yeah. really practical and helpful um, to support that process. And yeah, you're absolutely right. If only, you know, it, it's all about the village. It takes a village, doesn't it, yeah. to bring up a child. And it's that kind of mindset. And if only we did have that because so many people are more isolated from their family and friends um, these days. So it does make it harder. Um, but you're absolutely right about the obsessive thinking. And and it's, this, you know, the same with... You know, not being able to get pregnant, people get into this obsessive mindset. But if you can see that it is just thinking and that, you know, when you reflect back on other situations in your life, that's when you can see that actually, yeah, it was just your thinking and it's not real. Um, And then, yeah, it kind of let then it dissipates.
0: But something we spoke about earlier on about you know putting all of your happiness eggs in one basket and thinking once I get pregnant, then I, then I then everything will be um, everything will be fine. Um, what have you seen with your clients that they come to you with that thinking, and what's been helpful for them uh to see? what some of the, the maybe a story that you have about a client that saw something for themselves that was really helpful?
1: Well, I think, you know, just being able to step back and see that a baby is not, you know, going to bring you happiness. And I think like we were saying before, that biological drive kind of brings this mist down a little bit and, Kind of drives the ambition, but if you can kind of, I don't know, un, unpick that um, and bring it back and help people to see that you know they decide, you know, their perspective on life. That's what makes the difference. Um, I'm trying to think of a particular client's story um, where that was really, really particularly helpful um and i'm sure it will come to me when i'm not trying to think about it um but yeah i think just this idea that you know we determine what makes us happy and and i think as well like there's this beautiful beautiful in fact maybe we should share it in the um the notes i don't know if you have um yes. notes that come with this but there was an amazing um ted talk by a woman who had um i think she'd had something like 10 or 12 rounds of IVF and um you know, she was absolutely devastated, desperate for a child. And what was so wonderful was that she had this sort of inner voice that spoke to her, um, as we do sometimes in our deepest, darkest moments, get a bit of an epiphany that sort of comes to us and sort of said, you know, would, would you have a ba- you know, would you adopt a child if you could conceive one yourself? And, and she said, actually, maybe I could. You know, something had changed for her. And that night, I, I think that, that was it. They they watched a video of, of this child that they could adopt. And both her and her husband were so like, wow, this is the child that we actually, this this is, this is it for us. This could be it for us. And what's amazing is that they went to bed going right tomorrow. We're going to phone up and we're going to adopt this child. And then that night they conceived their own child. So they ended up, imagine that, after doing ten rounds of IVF, conceived naturally themselves the same day that they decided to adopt this child. So they they, they have two children now: one that's theirs and one that they've adopted. And they couldn't be happier. And it's such a beautiful story um, about kind of i think letting go to the obsessive idea of how it should happen because i think when we i think that's the key linchpin really like when we become obsessed and have obsessive thinking we sometimes then have to control the how it happens and i think sometimes it's letting go of the how that enables the flow to come in and allows what you know a different possibility and so what it looks like for some people might not be how they set out you know that it that it would be a natural baby that comes to them but it still brings them the same joy if not more
0: you know I love that story um and and it's such a it just so points to what's possible for us when we Actually, see that we have this capacity for insight that can totally update, revolutionise the way that our bodies actually function. Because, it, as far as I can tell, and this is something I've seen quite recently, is the body and the mind are one system; they're not separate. And um, what what came to mind when you were speaking was um, trusting. The body will do its job. It's designed to, right? Like it's really well designed. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah. There's, a, there's an element of just trusting the body to do what it needs to do. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't need to trust the body to, to, um, to heal itself when i graze myself for example or if i burn myself you know when i'm cooking or cut myself or whatever i don't need to trust my body to do that it just does it and yeah. and my feeling with this is like we 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 say yeah 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 that's fine but this is different when in actuality it's not
1: exactly and that's the thing isn't it when we get out of our own way then everything flows and it's, it's surrendering and letting go. And that's the key, you know, especially seemingly with infertility. And you're absolutely right about the particular type of woman. It often is, you know, these A1 types who have always achieved everything and they've always strived and, you know, really go getter types. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And when it isn't happening, it's kind of like, Oh my goodness, you know, what can I do to make this happen? Um, and it is about just surrendering to the process, um, and sometimes that process has to be painful. Sorry, that the little meows are my cat who has jumped on my lap and joined in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, if 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 we come from the standpoint that the body, the mind, the form we come in came from the same intelligence that created nature and everything around us, then it would suggest that there isn't anything wrong with the design. It would suggest that that the, the body is just doing what it needs to do. And I, and I come, come back to always this, this sense of it's the chronic stress that gets in the way of the design. Um, while chronic stress is always pointing us back to or wanting to wake us up to our true nature. Um, just like we have the capacity to put our finger on the stove and feel it, feel it burn, which is actually really useful.
1: Absolutely. I love that analogy that they always use Um you know, when you realize that the headache you're experiencing is being caused by the hammer that you're holding in your hand. And it's almost like that hammer of trying to control it, trying to make it happen, you know, doing all these things to force, you know, something to happen. If you just let it go, no more headache, you know. And let go place, you know. So, yeah, and I think just helping people to kind of get to that place, um, yeah, and also being, you know, allowing people to feel sad about it. You know, sure. it's not about trying not to. It's just about, yeah, being in it and surrendering to it, and then, yeah, lovely. The mind-body connection is fascinating, isn't it? We're all so deeply connected.
0: Well, the the the, the fact that I was just, yeah, it was very recent. I saw this that the mind and the body are, they're not separate that was a really big thing for me because I kept thinking the mind-body connection, but actually it's not that the mind has to connect to the body. It's that they are connected. I just never seen that. And so um, it, it has this, this, this massive capacity because the, the, for example, hormonally what I've seen is, is that um, the hypothalamus is, is where all the hormones kind of come from which is all in the brain um it's the big sort of hormone distribution center <laughs> absolutely yeah um so it is the same system yeah exactly. exactly but we don't see how our thinking can affect that because we see it as separate we can't see it and i love this analogy of the, um, the drunk guy. Inebriated guy that goes to look for his keys underneath the lamppost um, when in actual fact the last time he saw them it was in over like over in the bush in the dark. And someone comes out and says, um, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm attempting to look for my keys." And they're like, "Well, when was the last time you saw them?" And he's like, "Yeah, they're over there. The last time I saw them were they were over there in the dark bit over there by the bush. So why are you looking underneath the lamppost? Oh, because it's brighter out here."
1: yeah that's it's a message for life isn't it it really is
0: so what what last words of wisdom would you share around you know if there's a mum or pretend well mum you know she could already be a mum or a you know want to be mum who's desperately wanting to get pregnant what would you you know what's been one insight that's really been helpful
1: (laughs) I would say to kind of take the pressure off the internal pressure. Like so often, we sort of say, "Well, we want to do this by this time because of this, that, and the other," Um, and and it looks like that self-imposed that pressure is coming from the external. But actually, so much of our pressure is coming from inside of us. Imposed, yes. it is our own thinking. So I think if you can catch sight of the fact that you're putting pressure on yourself to make this happen um, and wanting it to happen now, you know, and, and I appreciate, you know, if if it's been a long time, you know, it's understandable to feel impatient, but, you know, we have to trust in the process of life. And for some people it takes a lot longer or for some people there is another path. And I think, letting go of the how, um, letting go of the when, you know, it's all about letting go and surrendering really, but getting someone to talk to you about it, I think is really, really key. Um, you know, putting a plan in place where you get your health more balanced and, you know, just some good self-care practices to bring your level of health up so that, like we were saying before, you know, your pregnancy and your labor is all going to be much better, you know, postnatal health. And then, you know, getting all that in place, then letting go and allowing it to to happen and and having the patience for that. I I mean, I definitely think infertility is a lesson in impatience, um, patience, I should say. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's really it. But, you know, sounds very easy to say, isn't always so easy to do when our thinking gets in the way. Um.
0: Yeah, I, I totally hear you. And I. it's funny, um, I can really relate to this because I think I was in the same boat. Um, and then when I just decided that, I wasn't going to think about it anymore and 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 it's funny how we attempt to figure it out in our intellect uh, <laughs> as if that's actually got anything to do with it um, and we innocently look to the intellect for the answer as opposed to listening to the body for its wisdom and i you know i'm not I'm not saying that that's you know something i don't i I'd still do it um and I've been bound to be caught up in my intellect and figuring, attempting to figure things out <laughs> for months on end, and then realizing, oh, I don't need to do that. I don't need to figure out how my body's going to heal or how it's going to, you know, how I don't need to figure it out. Um, the body will just do what it needs to do. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I just find it funny, <laughs> silly humans. absolutely absolutely and as long as we
1: can laugh at ourselves (laughs) you know um but yeah once you really kind of get this understanding yes you can kind of lose sight of it but actually it does you know you do kind of wake up to it more and more easily so yeah
0: so if anybody wants to contact you um and they would love to sort of know more about how they can get pregnant with ease i suppose um how can they how can they do that
1: okay so my website is cassieeverett.com which is spelled c-a-s-s-i-e and then e-b-e-r-e-t-t dot com. And yeah, best thing to do would be to, you can book a free 30 minute chat with me just to kind of talk through your fertility situation. Um, It's very easy to do that. I've also got a free ebook that you can download about how to find your most fertile time on my website. Um, My blog's got tons of great free information about all sorts of different fertility related topics. Um, So yeah, you can find everything there
0: thank you so much Cassie Um, it's been a delight to have you on and for anybody else that's been listening I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and until the next time bye -bye for now thank you so much Marina it was wonderful talking to you thank you so much and there we have it another amazing episode of The Joy of Being if you enjoyed this podcast you may well enjoy the book as well you can either download a free chapter www.marinopearson.com slash chapter where I go into much more depth into how we can create more time and space as mum and if that doesn't fly and you're more curious about getting the entire book then you can do that too at www.marinaperson.com book until the next time remember you are the joy you seek